Coming to you from the Vow Exchange in Kansas City, Missouri. This is Catherine. And this is Amy. And you are listening to the I Do Rescue Podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello. We're back for episode three. Episode three. It's Amy. And Catherine. Welcome to I Do Rescue. For those who are tuning in for the first time, um, I Do Rescue is a podcast not for planning your wedding or helping folks plan your wedding, but for really questioning why we plan weddings the way we do. Because we think that maybe um, society as a whole is kind of done with it. It's expensive, it's stressful, and we're here to really kind of um, get into the weeds on exactly why that is. So Maybe this would be a good thing to yes. listen to if you are finding yourself a little stressed out with your planning process and just need a, a, little, uh, a little therapy yes. on the matter. We're here to kind of talk about it, maybe bitch about it a little bit, and <laughs> give you some good... Uh, Yes. Some good advice. If you find yourself wanting to give your wedding what we call the ring finger salute. Um, oh, my god! You gosh. probably see that on our logo. This, <laughs> this is the podcast for you. So, um, but on episode three today, you guys are going to hear about um, our take on what is up with wedding venues. Why are they so expensive? Why, why is your only option white or black linens on and, big and a round gigantic tables. room and yeah it's, it's just like a warehouse of emptiness so right we're gonna kind of like dig into like why why do we do that yeah and <laughs> maybe uh yeah I, I don't know if we offer a whole lot of solutions but we definitely uh we kind of talk about the whole thing about yeah yeah, kind of a yeah, different way of looking at that. And then also, you guys get to hear a little bit about Amy and Catherine. About and where we came from. I mean, not where we came from. Like, <laughs> not our parents, but like, uh, where we did came they, from our moms. Where, where did babies come from, Amy? <laughs> We're not getting into that today. But we are talking about our background at the Kansas City Art Institute a little bit. Yeah, so, so the creative backgrounds that led us into the, the cute little Vegas-style wedding chapel in Kansas City that we love, the Vow Exchange. So um, th- this episode is a little long but we promise it's worth all the content so feel free to stop and pause and come back to it if you sure don't have thing. you know all time yep. to listen to it all at once but we do promise that it's worth it worth yeah. the listen so with that i give you episode three enjoy friends all right enjoy bye-bye all right good morning hello welcome to i do rescue Yes, Amy and Catherine again. Yes, <laughs> and uh, we just got back from the uh, Thanksgiving break. We, we yeah. I think we survived it, and I, I literally mean surviving. Yes, uh, snowpocalypse twenty eighteen. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, we're basically uh, frozen. Well, not frozen in. What is it? Uh, snow. Snowed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And it is the second snow day for my daughter. Um, yeah, we're off. You know Thanksgiving break, but we're not really off Thanksgiving break. We're still <laughs> yes. dealing with the snow. We're we're surviving. So, but anyway, how was your Amy? Tell me about your Thanksgiving. <laughs> My Thanksgiving was it was good. Yeah, very strange. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's only five of us. It's me and my daughter, and then my dad, and my stepmom, uh-huh. and my brother. So, you know, five of us. Each of us type A personalities, and the most. I don't know what that, you know, I don't even know if that, what that means anymore, but like <laughs> everybody is, likes to be in charge. Every single person. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of fighting, 
good times. Yeah, good times. Luckily, there's no political, uh, you know, none of those conversations because we're all on the same page there, thankfully. Oh, so you didn't have to break out Adele. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from, Sa- from Saturday Night Live, right? <laughs> With a little girl, exactly little girl flips on the you know the Adele song when the family starts fighting over politics and everybody literally turns into Adele with like right. the long fingernails and, exactly. and the hair, and this is the only thing that that keeps the peace at the table. Yes. yes. No, that does not does not need to happen with our family. However. We can be a cranky bunch and, you know, there's a lot of directing, you know, like <laughs> my dad will watch me. I mean, he taught me how to cook and right. I mean, I'm probably more experienced than he is at this point after catering for years and years, but he watches over me and like just stands there in my light, you know, stands and blocks the <laughs> light and just watches me like just every, lumbering over your food. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> touching, you know, putting his hand in there every once in a while and like, you know, straightening things and it's on my cutting board. Like, oh, no. like Dad! <laughs> I don't know why he's like that, but it's funny too. Uh-huh. Anyway. So my stepmother is like two days away from knee surgery. Ooh. And so she's got this like, you know, she's in a whole lot of pain. She can't take any painkillers. Uh, and she's like m- just miserable. And uh-huh. so she's just like slogging back eggnog, you know, with brandy <laughs> and it. Like, I mean, I've never seen her drink a like that. The only thing, she can ta- only thing she can take that makes the pain go away because she can't take aspirin or oh. anything because she's going to have, she had surgery actually yesterday. Okay. So, you know, you can only take, you can't take anything because it thins your blood. Oh, so poor oh, woman. Oh. And then my brother has had this uh, horrible neck pain. And it's like, you know, he's had to be off work several times. He's, you know, nothing seems to make it go away. Eek. And so, you know, he's he's got this ailment and he's cranky. It's like making my neck hurt all I of know. a sudden. Like, I'm like oh, And then, you know, and I, I was feeling very hormonal. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so the three of us were just like, you know, just crabby and no Ooh. nobody was can even i come over <laughs> yeah <laughs> it sounds like a blast. well but here but okay so here's the good part and this is actually you know this is sec- we can even use this as a segue at some point but um we at some point just accepted the fact that we were not going to be a happy group we just said <laughs> this is going to be one of those things <laughs> yeah <and> we're like <laughs> there's no reason nobody here you know we all know each other well you know and nobody here needs to be you know Oh, whatever, honey. You know, right. uh, my brother and I are, you know, argue constantly. I think the end of the trip, he told me I was a relentless bitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I said, I don't go I on relent- for the B word. <laughs> I know. Goodness. Well, my brother and I are. Uh, <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, the joke was, I mean, I relent sometimes. I'm not a constant bitch. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we <laughs> it was, there was only a like a, you're, you're just a momentary <laughs> bitch. That's it. I mean. <laughs> there are times that I am not a bitch. Anyway, I mean, it was all in good fun and we laughed about it. But uh, anyway, it was it made for a really fun Thanksgiving, although it sounds like, like you said, mm. Ooh, can I come over? <laughs> but it was really Save some pie for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it was really, really actually ended up being really fun because we just like let it all hang out. And uh, and, you know, it was fun. To, and dinner was amazing. So there's awesome. always that. Yay. Yeah. How about you? Well, you know, it was actually great. It was, you know, pretty uneventful for the most part. Uh, Thanksgiving, it was just um, coming home. We were supposed to come home on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we looked ahead at the weather and it, we, you know, we saw that it was going to be a big snowstorm coming in. We're like, you know, I don't think we're going to do that. <laughs> we And uh, I think I started to tell you earlier that we uh, we had been stuck in a snowstorm before coming back right. from Texas for, for Thanksgiving. And that's... A whole lot of nope. 
you know <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah that is not a fun situation we were on highway 35 driving through the flint hills what is normally a 20 minute drive took us i think it was like two hours and oh it was gosh. just white out conditions and that's so scary i know it's, and it makes you dizzy when it, you're driving yes and yeah. it, you know the flint hills there's literally not a tree for probably 100 miles right. like it's like this really kind of strange like planet <laughs> It's like where so I am. Star Wars. It's typical Kansas, you know, <laughs> to have like <laughs> this strange landscape of nothingness on the land. Right. And um and so we finally got off the turnpike and we were like, Sweet Jesus, thank you. We <laughs> made it. And and so we uh uh, we pulled off to get gas and it's like four o'clock and it's kind of getting dark already. And we're like, I don't think we should no, continue. I yeah, think we need to stay. Call. And we're like in Emporia. So like I mean, two hours away from it's here. Nothing. Yeah, it's two, like two, two and a half hours from Kansas City. So you're and like, you're so uh, close, but right. yet so far. And so we're like, oh, fine. So we got a, I think it was the last hotel room in Emporia. Um, or at least at this little um, place that we stopped, we pulled over at. It was the last last one. And we um, hung out in the hotel room with like nothing to do. And d- we're just watching movies. I love it. But, you know, <laughs> typical Mel and I taking, you know, le- making, um, what is it? Lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we, we flip on um, a movie and it's Dante's Peak with uh, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> And it's it is old. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And and then I realized actually that you know, this is like ten years ago, but I realized here in the last year or two that I have a guilty pleasure that I have to that, you know, I must admit to the public and <laughs> You know, my name is Catherine Hogan, <laughs> and I like B-level natural disaster movies. Right. So, yes. Oh, my a, God. So, <laughs> I love it. And so, it's like, yes, show, show Hollywood destroying things on, like, you know, a planetary level. Right. I love but, it. But I, I did detect <laughs> you said B-level, so you're not talking about your, like, Armageddon or Independence Day, because that is, like, A-level. Right? Is it, though? Well, I mean... <laughs> Okay, well, you can't see me out in the radio world, but that would be an air quotes, you know, uh, A-list. A-list. <laughs> okay, so so let's, yeah, let's, let's uh, we can review, like, what exactly is B-level natural disaster movie? I think, yes. I think, I think the term or the genre natural disaster movie automatically puts it in a B-level. <laughs> so, why, why do you say that? Well, but, it's because the spectacle is Hollywood's special effects. And, right, 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 right. And so you can't have it all. Like, even Titanic, <laughs> you know, like, for all of its amazing, you know, special effects and the ship and the set design and all that, the acting, you know, like, I mean, what was it? I'll never let you go, Rose, or whatever, or Jack, right, right, or whatever. Right, 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 It's like, you know, it's, you just, you can't have it all. You can't have a fantastic special effects and stellar acting like they just don't <laughs> they just typically don't go together and no. so natural disaster movies it's all about the magic of hollywood and um yeah okay so <laughs> would you you would say armageddon is in that, you put that i mean in come that? on right there's no there were no oscar nominations no. for those let's just put it that way i mean it's clearly Good you know point. bruce willis or you know nobody's been affleck honestly i don't even know who's nobody in is it. going in for an oscar nom who is even that. in that i don't even care whatever don't, don't even bother answering <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah i think the only one that maybe has come close to being a uh a classic uh a natural disaster movie classic is twister i think that one is like the one acceptable movie that you could probably put in the a group 
and I don't know why. Maybe it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Maybe that's what <laughs> saves could it. Be. It could know. be. I haven't seen it, so I can't. What? what? I know, I know. <laughs> you have not seen Twister? <laughs> Does that mean our friendship is over? <laughs> no, it just means I get to bring something to your life. No, and no, change I need to forever. watch it. I definitely do. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, I, t- I mean, because of that, because of what you're explaining, I do tend to gravitate away from those kinds of movies because <laughs> it's like. Because it's automatically terrible. But see, no, that's where you're going wrong, though, Amy. You have to lean into the terribleness. You right, 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 right. Lean into that. Well, and I think I that's think what What's Her Face meant by lean in, isn't it? I, right, right. I don't think that's. Maybe. <laughs> lean into the terrible acting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, I think you're right. So I talk about these things because. I, you know, I really, I've never seen snakes on a plane. I've never seen <laughs> yes. Sharknado. Oh God, I love it so much. I've never seen. But, okay, so, but see, Sharknado is too B level. Like, I can't watch it. What do you mean? It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's one step too far for me, actually. So, so is it really a, a tornado with sharks? Is that what that is? Yes, yeah, it's a t- tornado with sharks. Okay. And, 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 like, I think it's that Hollywood doesn't try enough in that. And that's where. What do you? Mean? And some people love that because the, the special effects are so terrible. Okay, right, right. Like, Wait, you gotta love that too, right? Yeah. I mean, there are sometimes yes, but then, but then you had in the terrible acting. It's too much terrible. <laughs> it's, it's like you've just gone to the other side of the spectrum on that how one. How does snake? The snakes on a plane. Does that? You know, it's it? been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I I remember loving it. The fact that it all of the memes okay, and everything think, that it generated I think the is enough. Acting on that one is actually okay because you had Samuel Jackson. And if it's not for his, all the MFs that he puts <laughs> in that, for all the, you know, I have had, you know, the, the famous quote, I've had enough of these, what is it, motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking, and, and here I am, this is me and my white girl voice, I've had enough of these motherfucking snakes on these motherfucking plane, I mean, it's like. a Mary like, Potts voice. <laughs> That's Catherine's mom's voice. That's okay, though. She wouldn't <laughs> say, would she say that? She probably no. would. Get a life, snakes. Yeah, she would say, oh, get a life. That's exactly what she would say. Get a life. <laughs> These snakes need to get a life. <laughs> That's exactly what she would say. Oh, my gosh. That's a different movie altogether. That. My mom. That's a movie my, I would My make. mother could star in a B-level <laughs> national disaster. I think she would be amazing. Like, like the antithesis of Samuel Jackson somehow. Yes. I think it'll work. But, um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Okay, where do we end up here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> so. Yes. Anyway. Well, we are, we're back at it. Barely. 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 <laughs> I think the coffee is finally starting to kick in. Uh, thank goodness. Sort of. Um, slowly. <laughs> anyway, so welcome back to ID Rescue, guys. We're going to talk about, what are we talking about today? We're, oh, I know. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about venues. We're going to talk about wedding venues. Wedding venues and uh, reception. Yes. Wedding reception venues. Uh, that's a good distinction to make. Wedding reception. And honestly, one might argue that there is no such thing as any other type of wedding venue. That the only wedding venue out there is a wedding reception venue. Uh, meaning that if you're going to have a ceremony, usually that happens at a church or... Yeah. There's no... Yeah. Uh, you know, what was it? Uh, wedding wire? I'm sorry, wedding wire. I'm going to dog on you out there. <laughs> you don't have wedding ceremony venues on your directory list. True enough. You need you to change that. Maybe you, you have, have by the time this podcast really gets listened to. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it'll just sound like I'm lying to everybody. But for real, there is no wedding ceremony venue option on Wedding Wire. There is on the knot, though. Gotcha. So, so the distinction being a place yes. where you can either just get married, mm-hmm. just the ceremony, yeah. not the ceremony and the reception. It's Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. So like the wedding industry doesn't think that there's such thing as a wedding venue unless it's a big, empty warehouse kind of you know reception hall. Like that's right. apparently, according to the industry, the o- the only venue worth ever acknowledging. 
And Catherine, do you know what happens when you have a big empty room and um, you're going to try to have a, a wedding ceremony in that room? <laughs> it's what do you, uh, Where are what, you going what, with this? Well, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, what do you think that little ceremony is going to look like in that big empty room? Oh, yeah. a big floating wall of nothing. <laughs> oh, yes. A floating wall of fabric. Isn't that what I call it? <laughs> or, or the two Grecian columns the that we talked about. The Grecian are columns are almost always there. Yeah, we just shove it in a corner. Mm-hmm. And it will probably look like a... Uh, like the wh- uh, what what is it called at your prom where you get your picture taken? Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> it's almost like a photo backdrop kind of. That's all it is. It's like yes, covet, but it, yeah, but it looks like it probably was not your. In fact, it was literally at my prom. Like one day when we get our social media <laughs> up, I'm totally gonna post my picture right. with my cute. Um, black belt boyfriend. Rare. <laughs> and, I know he was so cute in high school. I'm gonna post the picture of the two of us um, in front of the, in front of the uh, oh next gosh. to the Grecian column and the swag of fabric and so the flowers right. sitting on top of it. I'm telling you, it is. It is I don't know. People are obsessed with Grecian right, columns. Right. I really don't understand it. I don't either. And it's uh, yeah. This it's. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's super tacky. I mean, I, I know, that. but yeah, but it's I true. Will, but everybody, if you've ever done this before. If you've ever uh, had a wedding like this, you get a total pass. It's okay. Because nobody really told you any different. Well, and also there are no really any other options either. Uh, so yeah. you, either you get married in a, like in the middle of nothing or you have to create a sort of makeshift. It's really an backdrop. altar. It's really yeah. an altar. It's really an altar. And it's not. Yeah. It's, take it from us. We've built a few now. Yeah. It's not easy it's not to easy. create a backdrop. No. And especially if it's going to be temporary. But right. it is a problem that many event spaces, uh, it's sort of like an afterthought. Yes. And uh, it's yeah. it's yeah. not always done very well. No. Well, Would you agree? Yes. No. So so if we, ba- <laughs> if we back up and really look at this. So we've already... We've already kind of revealed that according to the wedding industry, there's no such thing as a wedding venue that isn't a big giant venue that holds at least 150, 200 or more up to four, 500 or even more. True enough. And by the way, you have to rent it for the whole day. And because you're renting it and the reason you have to rent it for a whole day is because that room is empty. And you're probably not just going to walk in, you know, at six o'clock when your wedding is going to begin and just stand (laughs) in the middle of an empty room because this empty room now has to be turned into something. Right. That is so true. So so you need that whole day so that all of your people can deliver all the things to create the pop up whatever that's going in that space. And your uh, your bridesmaids and your friends that are coming in from out of town are uh, going to be either well maybe they'll be getting ready with you but a lot of, somebody's going to have to be there at the space helping set up and put yeah. out decorations and so yeah. then they have a job there's a lot of work to do it's a um, lot of work with with those empties okay and then because you are renting a big empty warehouse you have to rent it for the whole day now you have to spend at least 2 to sometimes $5,000 and even more right. for a day rental. I mean, right. that's like such a huge chunk of money just to use. I mean, I think to, okay, everyone out there, right? I'm like, oh, I'm like freaking out over here. <laughs> <laughs> everyone out there, what's your monthly rent? What right is your on. monthly mortgage? Right. Right? Okay, take that. That's just renting for 12 hours a big warehouse. That is sad. I mean, come You're on. right on, yeah. Yep. Right. It's really ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. And and I know large venues out there. You're like curses you. I do rescue. Like, like, why? You know, why are you coming after us? And again, for those of you who are having that big wedding, 
that makes sense. You know, and there aren't a whole lot of other options. But but yeah. we're talking about those folks who don't, who maybe don't. This is just too much. Like it's just too much. You, it's too much money. It's too much space, and it's too much work because it's it's just it's a whole lot of starting from scratch here. Right. Well, and um, I don't want to tack on too much, but uh, it's also. Um, because these little giant venues are also falling prey to the idea that, you know, every single decision is sacred. And so, um, you know, because everybody has to reinvent their own, you know, ex exact wedding to their own specifications, you're basically starting from square one mm -hmm. and rebuilding this entire room from the ground up. Yep. And, um, you know, honestly, if you were to compare every wedding that happened in that event space from wedding to wedding to wedding, they probably all look the same. Look the same. They and look the same. I'm sorry. Okay. We're going to, we're going to reveal really, I mean, it's, it's a rough truth out there, brides and grooms. I know those of you who think that your day is unlike everyone else's and you want your wedding to look, I'm sorry. It looks just like everyone else's. It does. They really do. It really does. I'm I, mean, I know it's not popular to say in the way that it wasn't popular to say I don't like a star is born. <laughs> it is not popular to say that. But I mean, and honestly, we we um, our our venue in the crossroads is around the corner from a large um, wedding venue, yes. 200 person venue. Yes. And, you know, I've walked through that. I've walked by it. Yes. You know, you can yeah. see in. And yeah. I mean, from weekend to weekend to weekend, you can see it's all the same. It, same. it kind of looks the same. What is it? The sea of what? The sea of white tables. That's what we call it, friends. The sea of white tables. So Papa, you, all, oh, you, you know, know what we're talking table. about. Rental you know what we're talking tables. about. So yeah. all you rental venues out there, you all have those, what, 10 top rounds. What are those? The 60 inch rounds. 60 inch rounds. And then they have the, the black or white linens. And you, Ooh, you, know, you can choose your washings. own color. And yeah. believe me, it's... But if you no go difference. through a rental company, but right. if you if you go through the venue itself, usually they only have black or they only have True. white, and most people are aren't looking to spend extra money so that they can have you know fancy colored linens. So they're like, we'll make white work. That works fine, right? Yep. And that's fine. That's good. But so now you've got this room with just a bunch of sixty-inch round floating white tables with some type of chair around them, yes. and and you've I essentially mean, created a restaurant with just a bunch of tent tops. Well, it, yeah, exactly. And even if, you know, you like kind of go outside the box a little bit and you're like, we're going to do family style and you have, you know, eight foot tables, you know, end to end. And now you have like kind of long, right. you know, um, banks of tables. What do you have? What, I mean, uh, yeah, picnic style, picnic, picnic style, yeah, picnic table style. style. Yeah. So, and that's that's more that's popular, too. But all the same, you yeah. are basically, you know, taking these tables and rentals that either you have to rent and have brought in or that maybe the space has for you if you're lucky. Um, but the, the, you know, the end result is kind of, I mean, you might have, it's very vanilla. You're going to have a centerpiece. It's going to look like a, you know, just because your flowers are red doesn't make it look that much different from the wedding the previous weekend where the flowers were pink. Exactly. I mean, it's um, a centerpiece of flowers in the middle of that table. Some are tall, some are short. There might be some candles thrown around it. Maybe somebody's going to put a mirror with a, a, a <laughs> candle on top of it as their yeah. as their centerpiece. And again, yeah. none of these, you know, this is what exists out there yeah. in the world. Um, and again, I don't know that there's anything wrong with it, but um, it certainly is a lot of effort and a, lot, a of lot of expense. Do you? Can I tell you something that may blow your mind? It's here. Yeah. You may or may not know. There is an eBay that exists out there for selling back wedding decorations uh -huh. that after you've spent whatever hundreds of dollars on right. your well, like mirrors and candles and, and yeah. lanterns and whatever. And what are you going to do with it now? 
<laughs> so you right. go, they, yeah. there's a spot out there on the internet where you can sell it back to yeah. the world to some other bride. And it's, I mean, it's a great idea. Right. It's just, you know, it sort of, I think, points to the problem. Like, why are you spending all this right. money on something that you're going to use for once? Six hours, maybe. Right. Okay. I mean, a lot of money. Think about it. Like when you walk into a restaurant, right, and you're going out to dinner, and that's kind of part of what you're part of. Like when you're choosing to go out to dinner, dinner, you're thinking to yourself, you know, okay, uh, let's we're gonna for the sake of this discuss for the sake of this analogy, um, make it a we're going out for a nice dinner, like a high end fancy kind of dinner, right? Right. The kind of place you're gonna put on your um, your fancy shoes, right, to go, and. you know, you might like the f- cuisine of one place over another, but a lot of folks are like, you know what? There's a lot of great steakhouses out there, and you might um, you might think to yourself, you know what? I really like the ambiance of you know X Y Z steakhouse or nice restaurant over right. the other, and right. you know the food is comparable to the other restaurants, but you're kind of selecting kind of ambiance and you know one place might be like you know what it's kind of cold in there it's always loud or it's right. you know it's the chairs are uncomfortable and you may not even realize it till after the end of the meal like, yeah. yeah this thing sucks yeah yeah <laughs> or things. or yeah or the um it, the, the place looks run down or the tables look run down the service or, is terrible god yeah, forbid i know yeah yeah so uh, you know ambiance is part of what oh, restaurants talking, yeah, yeah. there's more than just the service part but you're talking the, about yes, like the actual the actual ambiance of the restaurant uh, it's yeah, oftentimes you. Yes, you know a part yes. of part of your decision and uh and so you're uh walking into a place that has that somebody a designer has put a lot of thought into um to make it look and feel lovely and comfortable and um, encourage conversation without being like deafeningly loud across the whole restaurant. Like right. a lot of thought goes into designing the interiors of a restaurant. Exactly. Okay. But <laughs> for your reception, what do you think that is folks? What do you think a reception venue is? Yeah. It's a, it's a restaurant pop up pop up. You're creating a flipping restaurant for one night for one night. I mean, and and and, and, and I mean, ridiculous. it kind of goes back. A and you're spending bit. five, you know, two to five thousand dollars to create a restaurant for at one night, minimum, at minimum. At and minimum. that's not even including food. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the food yet. Oh, or, or God forbid, the alcohol or service or, or any, of, any that. of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a really, it's a really good, yeah, analogy. I yeah. guess it's not even so. It's analogy. It's just it is. It is. It is that's what exactly it is. what it is, guys. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. And, and again, the purpose of this podcast is just to kind of start to peel back the the veil. And we're done. Put on to be waitress. The next show is at eight. Oh my goodness. But the peel back the veil on on things that we're doing, and it's just we just kind of do it because that's what everyone else has always done. In, in the past that's just how it's done well but and and because there unfortunately aren't a lot of other options well yeah you rent out i mean you rent a restaurant but you do i mean that's what mel and i we had had our wedding reception actually we rented the top level of the ticket booth um restaurant it was at the time it was called union cafe and it's the ticket booth at union station down here at the at union station in kansas city and um you know by the way guys if when you do that with restaurants Usually, they don't charge you to use the space. They're charging you a food and beverage minimum. Right. And you're not renting that room. And it's already set up like a restaurant, designed like a restaurant, right. the way it was intended. And if you really want to bring in a couple of 
centerpieces just to yeah, ma- give it a little did. extra flair. Yeah, They'll let did. you do that. I think most places will even let you bring in a cake and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's already set up. It's already set up. It's, and, it's, we and, just, you, and you could yeah. you kind of have the pick of the litter as far yep. as ambiance. Like, do you yes. want something, you know, modern and sleek, or do you want something that feels like, you know grandma's you know old italian kitchen or what yeah. are you looking for i mean there's pretty much anything in the world you could ever yes. want out there. and by doing so you know mel and i we were in our 20s early 30s um mel's nine years older than me so he was in his early 30s i was in my 20s but <laughs> needless to say we had n- nigh ascent to our name <laughs> we didn't have we didn't have any money we didn't have money for these expensive venues and my dad offered to pay for the catering and all that and the restaurant had a minimum that we were going to meet you know you're going to meet the minimum it's food and drinks it's you know they just need to make a certain amount of money at the end of the night and the the house is yours and so we we didn't have a lot of money for decorations for rentals and all that stuff so we we did we rented out the uh or uh booked that that top level that is breathtakingly beautiful oh my goodness we didn't need to decorate haven't seen it like the ceiling the ceiling i mean it really looked like we'd spent big bucks on this situation Mm-mm. It was just that was just kind of came with the restaurant. Right. Again, you know, it's like let the businesses out there that are in business that know how to do things that have a good ambiance. They're there for a reason. Those venues, those big giant reception. I just don't know, guys. I know. I just uh, don't uh, know. I'm can I'm gonna okay. So this may be a tough topic. We can hit on in another day. Sure. But um, I will say that the idea of you know the the giant venue. You know, and that's expensive and, you know, people, sh- you know, I think have shied away from that, you know, because mm-hmm. it is expensive and it's an all day thing. You know what a solution I hear a lot is mm. that is, I'm sorry, folks, equally misguided. What's that? We'll just do it in the backyard. Oh, oh, do it at your home or. Yeah, yeah we'll just go ahead and do it's, you know, it'll be way cheaper. We don't have to pay for a venue. We'll do it in the backyard. Yeah. Eh. Same thing. Uh, you have to pop it up. You have to pop it up. So much it's still work. a pop up restaurant. Still a pop but up. then you have a pop up restaurant that. You can't control the heat. You can't control the weather. You can You have to bring porta potties. You maybe have to rent a tent. Uh, what oh, about you, electricity? What about? Yes. I mean, you. Yes. You know, at least with a, a an event space, you have like some sort of climate control. You know, like right. ba- the basic. Like, well, bathrooms. There's an indoor toilet. You know, bathrooms are actually a big piece of it. In fact, I remember yes. when Mel and I were considering places to get have our wedding, and we considered having it at our um, our family's uh, lake house and. You know, out there by the lake, it would have been so pretty. But yep. my parents were like, "I don't think our sub tank will take that." <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah, we can't have. And, and right. again, and we're not having a large wedding. We're having like seventy people, fifty to seventy people, right. and uh, but that's a lot of um, wear and tear. I mean, and, uh, on a septic tank, and you want to know that's out in the country true. somewhere, and you want to know a nice way to tell your family that. Uh, you hate them. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Is, yeah, if, if you really want to make sure oh, your family knows you that you hate them, make them <laughs> use a porta potty when they're wearing oh, really nice, nice shoes, like nice <laughs> shoes, and this beautiful two hundred dollar dress that they had to buy, and they have oh, to man. use a porta potty. They got to pull down, yeah, some kind of spanks <laughs> situation going on underneath that. Oh my god! No. I mean, <laughs> and you're trying, and you're trying to do it all without touching anything in there. Oh no, you don't want to do that. Folks. Folks, it's oh, not and then nice. You, and then you get to wash your hands with a hand sanitizer. Okay, yeah. A little dispenser so, that's outside. Now I'm getting it. grossed out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I just went, yeah, I, we can, again, we could, this is a whole other, that yes. the whole outdoor wedding thing, I could, we, that could be a whole other episode. Pop-up, but yeah. I will say, it's still the pop-up wedding, or the, still the pop-up restaurant. 
and um, you know, don't be fooled, folks. It's not easier. It's not cheaper. It's not. It's, not, uh, it's your guests are not going to be any more comfortable out in a backyard uh, than they are going to be inside of a, an you know, a nice environment. Right. Uh, even even if it is a you know a, a big wedding venue that you have to fill with, you know, rental tables. Right. It's still. Yeah, it's just so many factors that you have, to, I, and you will be up two weeks before your wedding all night long, stressing about <laughs> making sure the mosquitoes and you know yeah, yeah. things are like landscaping looks good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? And, 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 and for the, the weather, of, the and for the sake of the discussion, this we are talking about. This is kind of the monster wedding scenario too, and ah. and, and how this is. Well, we're we're describing this as being um, groups of like 150 or more that you're trying to you know have a party for. True. Um, if you're like under a hundred, you know, there's uh, a little bit more leeway and wiggle room for things, but, but you're not also not going to rent a $2,000, $5,000 venue for 70, 50 to 70 people. No. And I mean, again, like I said, I think that like the outdoor wedding or the, you know, the backyard wedding, um, is a, maybe a separate topic because that often happens when you only have. Oh, we only have 50 people. We'll just do it in the backyard. And um, again, if you haven't done a lot of event planning or you haven't, you know, actually gone to one or had to help set one up. Uh, yeah. It sounds like a great idea and that it's going to be the easiest answer. A, a and big backyard party is a lot more work than you think. Oh, my yeah. goodness. It's yeah. it's a lot of work. That's, yeah. Uh, 50 That's to 70 a, people in your backyard. It's no. That, don't get me wrong. It's still no small feat. <laughs> no. Is, and and, is and big, it is yeah. beautiful and it does yeah. have. I mean, if you can pull it off. um, I guess my only thought would be anybody who's planning on doing something like that, um, spring for the wedding planner. Yeah. Find somebody who yeah. can help you manage it because even if you think uh, you've got it all covered, it's there's it, having somebody kind of watch over that and help you ho- help you through that process that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's valuable, right? The, in those kind of situations, if you're, yeah, if you're if you've taken yeah if you've made made choices that's um, put you in the in the bucket of I'm creating a space within a big empty space, you're gonna need to put more thought into that. But again, the the point of this conversation and why we're just we're we're being again we're being intentional shits right now um, <laughs> to to right? kind of poke it and and you know I'll, I'll say that some of my some of our most trusted um, associates in the wedding industry are are venue owners you know and and yeah. I uh, to those <laughs> to those folks who I, I value deeply I do apologize for us kind of ripping on essentially what is your business um, but and again this is this is a conversation to rethink that maybe you don't need a big wedding that requires a big empty venue. And um, there are going to be some people who still want that. But, you know, right now, the thing that we're poking on is the fact that it seems that when you are looking to host a party, that the main option out there are all of these giant empty rooms, halls, right, that are way too big and they're very expensive and you're you're starting from scratch with every event. And right. That is like if you can figure out not doing that, then you've that is probably one of the biggest, most stressful aspects of a wedding. That's very is true. That piece of it right there. I mean, you take away everything else, that particular one that would save you. You know, going with a restaurant or or not having a big formal party like that. You know, right. And we'll get into like. Some other ideas. Um, other ideas, you know, a few right. episodes here down the road. Right. But and, and also, yeah. you know, I mean, apologies to the, you know, event space industry, but also, you know, pro tip, you know, 
maybe don't make it so hard for your customers to set up a space you know i think I mean, yeah i think that these these spaces should be essentially restaurants i mean if, if anything like right. don't make it a big blank slate invest in nice tables that don't need those cheesy awful looking polyester tablecloths i mean make make, make it, pretty tables right and, and then it's one and done yeah and then and and set the floor plan you know to where maybe you you add a table or take one away or something to make you know room for slightly yes. varying sizes of groups. But honestly, it should just be set up you know permanently, and that that's one less thing that your couple right. has to do when they come in to your venue. And I'm going to tell you something that we experience all the time is that we have a space that's always set up the same way every yes, single every time. time, same chairs, same benches, and the same arrangement. And every now and then, I will run into a couple who wants to change things a little bit move things around and you know we don't respectfully we tell them that's well, not basically what we do. i just you know yeah we and i i think once they start understanding that like those types of decisions or ch small changes don't, don't really matter don't af affect the wedding in any way no. and that you know i guess we could do you know all metal chairs in the front and you know wooden ones in the back but but why why you know why <laughs> yeah. why it's already done you know yeah. and those those little um those little details actually end up just causing you more stress yes. and so one of the things that we find that our couples love is that our space is it's it's just done done it's done it's yeah, like it's done. Uh, you know it's already ready and you know the decisions have been made yes we and yeah we we have the optimum freeing. set up for the space it's already you know figured out completely it's we've you know we've put a great deal of thought into the floor plan and the flow of it so that where everything is located is in a logical place so you literally just show up and it's you know you don't have to think about that and you, and you never in your planning process that's the conversation that will know like if you have a, okay if you find yourself in the place where you're having a conversation about floor plan <laughs> holy cow get out of there <laughs> why <laughs> why are you talking about a floor plan right because when I mean, you go out to dinner for that fancy dinner are you gonna ask the restaurant where can i can i you know have a floor plan for my my dinner that i'm having that night and I mean, that's ridiculous. No, I mean, and 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 the thing is, is like Catherine said earlier, that the restaurants, these beautiful restaurants that <clears throat> have, you know, it, either a private room or just a space that they'll let you rent that, you know, is part of their main restaurant, um, they have hired somebody to sit there and think through, like you said, mm -hmm. the floor plan and the flow of traffic mm -hmm. and, you know, what kind of space are we trying, you know, do we want it to be, you know, comfortable and a nice cushy chair so you yes. can settle in for a two-hour meal or do you want it to be a hardback chair so that people get in and out, you know, all these yeah. thoughts, you know, somebody thought about this. And the restaurants, they don't just have the chairs around tables, they have booths, you know, benches with backs and padding and, you know, like there's just so much more in a restaurant in terms of how the, the spaces are arranged well then those pop-up venues right and the thing is you know, like where it's just those yeah. fold-up chairs that just you know go around the circle i mean and i know not to beat a dead horse here but i mean one of my very favorite things is the uh pope room have you ever been at the pope room at uh buca de beppo no i don't think I it have. is the coolest what? okay so it's like this round room it's probably like i want to say probably 12 14 oh, the pope like like the, the pope like the, the pope the pope. catholic pope like the i should know about this right? pope. <laughs> you know the, the guy pope. the pope that guy so there's this room it's this big circular room it's got a an, like a domed ceiling oh, okay and then there's this round table in the middle of it mm -hmm. it's got a lazy susan you know Ooh, so you can put food like on a lazy it. Susan. and in the center of the lazy susan 
is a bust of the Pope covered <laughs> in glass. <laughs> that's amazing. So, you know, like, he wrote, he kind of goes in a circle. And then, of course, what? this room that's amazing. is, you know, really beautifully lit. And you uh-huh. can get, I think, if I was going to guess, I'd say you can get 20 people around this table. Yeah. Best birthday dinner celebration ever it's right. already done it's i mean that done. room itself it's is beautiful. like it just says party you know i mean like walk sure. in the door the food's great i mean yeah it's, you know your typical great italian food buca de beppo th- but and that exists by the way i believe in every buca de beppo but okay. that is like again somebody thought about that and right. it is so cool instant instant awesome yeah instant yeah. awesome i like i love instant awesome i'm all about it <laughs> all right i think we've i think we've we've beat this venue to death unfortunately right. <laughs> but um but we did want to parlay this topic a little bit and give you guys a little bit of background of you know what gives um Catherine and Amy the uh, authority to have such opinions. Oh God! <laughs> and we're not we are you know we are not just <laughs> random girls who just woke up one day and decided I want to have a wedding venue. You know, like we're we not. actually do have um, experience in what we call creative problem solving, and True. it was something that we ironically learned about when we I guess shortly after we met, we both learned that we were alums from the same college. Here in Kansas City, mm-hmm. by what seven years difference? Right, is that right? Well, we also discovered this is very this is sort of quick little background. We discovered that we lived about three blocks from each other. <laughs> that's we right. drove essentially <laughs> the same car, yes, uh, and that we went to the same college. And that I used to be a recruiter for that college, and I missed you recruiting at your high school for by about a year. year. I know. So it was like, woo! I know it's yeah. super creepy. And, and I was weird. introduced to Catherine by my ex fiance's. Wife. wife. Yes. Yeah, so like yes. totally strange. Yes. All the way around. But anyway, All, yes. yeah, yeah. But we both went to the Art Institute. We both went to the Kansas, Kansas City, City Art, Art Institute. KCAI. KCAI. Oh my gosh. I that's love that place. cool. I love it so much. And for all alums out there who might be listening, holy cow, you're part of a, a tradition and a family. And Man. it's funny. And it's what's interesting and something I've learned about, you know, Amy and I as we've become you know friends over the years, that we there's a lot of similar thinking that we recognize was sort of built by our our creative education very true and it it is a way that the art institute approaches um their bachelor of fine arts which is what we both earned in college so we're both extremely creative um you know talented artistically talented folks uh, visually and uh um as far as other musically that for me that remains to be seen or any other sadly but not but anyway (laughs) but the thing about the art institute is they don't just teach you how to paint and draw like that's not art that's actually kind of lower on the list yeah and and, and not to disparage people who love to paint and draw and who are you know trying you know honing those skills because that's that is um having good skills in that it's really hard to have but well and they and obviously they do teach the basics and you go over you know they will yes. teach you how to paint and draw you know yes. it is, it <laughs> but is, it's sort of included in the curriculum but not in ways that you would expect it's no it's a very different kind of way of thinking and the first year of the kcai uh they call it foundations yes and um keep in mind this school has I, uh, less than a thousand students total right and the classes are tiny, tiny. 10 or 12 people foundations is uh right. the first year um you are in a class with one teacher and 10 or 12 students something like that it's yeah really like, yeah it's like boot camp yeah well and also for as a point of reference for listeners the art institute is considered like within the community of art schools it is committed con- uh, uh, considered like to be i couldn't get the word considered to be what would be an ivy league school 
for art. So you yeah. have, you know, some top art schools, the Art Institute's definitely in there. And I don't know if any of you folks are familiar with the Kansas City Art Institute here in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, it is, um, it's been around for well over a hundred years. Um, I want to say 1896 well, uh, is when the building was built. I don't know. Remember when the school was originally founded. It was early, early 1900s, early 1900s. And, um, it's also, um, right next to the Nelson Atkins museum, which is a world-class museum. And, uh, so it is a fantastic resource and they have recently re received an incredible grant, um, gift that they have been using to full, you know, further improve the facilities. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it is world class. Some of the things that they are doing. I, I like I'm a little like secretly jealous now when Pretty I jealous, yeah. campus, all the but, things that they have now that we didn't but then but But it was I mean, I will say without getting too, you know, like nostalgic about it, it was it was fantastic. Yes. And, you know, even with the sort of uh I don't know, not as, you know, state of the art you know, uh what do you call it? Uh, not like, you know, everything was a little janky. Oh, back yeah. In the day. Yes. I don't know how to say it. Well, but foundations. You know what's funny about the foundations building? Oh, my gosh. So it's actually an, it's like this like temporary building. You know what they call temporary buildings? So it's like this this really basic like four walled building, essentially. Metal warehouse. Big giant four thing. wall. With, yeah. It me yeah. And it's got like a metal roof and it's really, really janky. But it's. It sort of works that way because that space is always being transformed by each class from whatever project is happening in there, right. whatever workshop or class. Well, and and foundations. The first, did you have Jim Sajovic? As I did we both had the same foundations For, teacher? I think we talked about this before. Yes, yeah, like the first semester, same yeah. guy. Yeah, and they and they Brilliant so you man. this this group of twelve kids and your teacher. Uh, you go through basically everything from like two D drawing all the way through you know. They teach you photography and wood shop and um, little computers. You have some sculpture workshops. Sculpture. And, and they projects. do play. Mm -hmm. They do um, uh, um, performance art. You yes. know, I mean, like you cover everything, everything in that first semester. And I will tell you, I'm going to be the one to say this because one of us is going to eventually say it. But like my most favorite thing about that and it was like kind of the big shock. And this is what like sort of separated the, the you know, the the wheat from the chaff, as they say. Yes. <laughs> it's like the teacher would, you know, first whatever week or so of school, they would give you this list of, you know, things to accomplish. And they would just say, you know, okay, this is your project. See you in a week. Yeah. And, you know, almost no direction. No. Yeah. And so the, uh, you know, everybody's kind of looking around at each other like, <laughs> well, does anybody know where to find this or how to get that? And you realize that, that is the assignment. That is the assignment is to figure it out. Find a phone book, which at that <laughs> point, that's what you actually literally yeah. had to do is find a phone book and start oh, calling around. Late 90s or mid, mid late 90s. Good luck. Yeah. And that, you know, yeah. it, the people who succeeded were the people who yeah. could figure it out. Yes. Figure and it out. And I, I think I'd remember, actually, uh, it might have been Sajovic who said at the beginning, he said, look around this class. And he says, keep in mind that there will be at least... I think he said five of you that won't make it through. Yep. Yeah. And it was it was considered boot camp for for well, art. The, the for peer art pressure of that alone. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are those two truths there. Uh, one is the fact that you know, it, it, you know, you have twelve people there, and if somebody didn't show up, it was very obvious. If somebody wasn't staying late in studio, like overnight in studio working, their 
credibility during critique was pretty much everybody knew i'm gonna respectfully disagree with you on that one which one <laughs> uh on the uh staying late in studio overnight well, oh my gosh well i could that's a whole other topic we'll, well get right, into right. on another well, day my, point my is husband is and i always make fun of those people because <laughs> they were poor planners <laughs> Oh no, that was the fun of it. That was <laughs> that was me. We like we. I mean, I was, my work was done by dinner, and then oh my, God. maybe I had some you know liberal arts after dinner. But well, we studio loved work it. was I mean, done before dinner. Whenever my I was in printmaking, we would that was the whole Dorky. fun of it. We'd go eat dinner and then come back and then yeah. make a night of it. You know, we'd yeah. stay there all night. That was fun. Rarely anyway. did I do. Anyway, but also, <laughs> but I mean, yes. the other thing was that um, the other thing that the art institute taught you know the resourcefulness is um, is you know part of it, but. Like I said, the phone book, you know, that was essential and it was key because what you realize is that you don't necessarily have to have all the answers. You just have to know who to call to yes. get the answers. Right. You don't need to know where right. this thing exists. You need to know to who to call to find out where this thing is at. Right, right. So it's about networking and using your city. And right. luckily, Kansas City is like... So helpful. They, so well, connected. They're here to help you out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's where I fell in love with the city. Me too. Was realizing how friendly and helpful and all in the city is, and the people of Kansas City are. It's crazy. And those people yeah. that you meet in foundations, those are your friends for life. I mean, these people, and yes. you know, and and the city, you know, still houses, you know, generations and generations of art institute grads. Yes. And so yes. there's a sort of a mentality in the city yeah. of like, sure, you know, it's I know true. a guy, I know it's a guy, true. you know, and and we help each other out, and yes, it does true. make the whole. Uh, you know, this is a kumbaya kind of moment, but you know, <laughs> the city's pretty cool that it's way. It's really great. It's true. Well, but so the reason why we're telling you guys, you're like, okay, why are you guys droning on and on about your art school experience? The reason why we're sharing this little background with you guys is that this is the way that the Art Institute, I mean, this was my, you know, my education, having started the, the Vow Exchange, um, you know, events here in Kansas City. Um, we, you know, I have learned how to pretty much do anything that I conceive of because of that education. Um, you know, I don't have to have the skills. I don't have to have a business degree. I don't have to have permission from anyone. The Art Institute taught me that if I, <laughs> if you can dream it, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but in all reality, in all seriousness, um, you know, uh, visual problem solving is my forte. I um, actually, problem solving in general, <laughs> but right. specifically visual problems. Uh, problem solving is one of my favorite things to do and it um it was such a joy to get to create the very first vow exchange which as, as we mentioned is actually no longer in existence but and then doing the second one the one that we have now at our uh, 17th mcgee location and then the th the third one that's out there uh, which is actually now the only two that's in, in in existence right now the chapel at heritage hall so you know having created um you know a space that is you know special but not fussy and not you know like uptight and too traditional you know because that's honestly that's how people are today they're not they're not those formal you know marble interior couples you know it's it's just that just feels so cold and people want to feel comfortable they don't want they don't want it to feel already more nerve-wracking than it is right so the spaces we've created are casual but beautiful they're special they feel special and um and so but we create you know we use that problem solving from um our college years to create pretty much anything we come up with and so uh, we wanted to share a quick story about our um, bottles and bites. So when we decided to offer this reception package at the crossroads, we recognized that we need some sort of table option. And right. 
we didn't want to do the sea of white tables. We are not going to do linens. That's, you know, every wedding venue looks like that. We're going to build custom tables that look unique and different and that are also convertible that we can kind of pop up, you know, mm-hmm. without, you know, without them being permanent to the space. And they don't, don't need linens and they don't, yeah, yes. they are what they are. They are what they are. And they're, they're, they're fun and they're beautiful. So we, uh, we came up with the idea of using a, um, a big spool um, that's used for like wiring and that sort of thing. Like, right. um, and we're talking like, like big wooden the spool. big wooden spools yeah. and we're talking like they are, I mean, what is it? Like I guess 60, Six, ounce? 60 inches. Yeah. No, or maybe a little 48. smaller, 48 inches. It's big. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Anyway, it's about five feet. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're large. Feet. Yeah. And, um, and a spool has two tabletops on it you know, on each end essentially. Right. So we just took it apart and, um, we, we, so when we came up with the idea, first we had to be like, okay, where we're going to find, two, you know, a spool. <laughs> <laughs> so fortunately the internet's here now and that makes things Craigslist. a lot easier, <laughs> but we did find one on Craigslist. And so we found but it. Back, yeah. Right, right, right back to the foundations. It's like, I know it, 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 yeah. was, it was really it was really joyful. It made me feel like I was back in college. <laughs> Let's the best, make a table. In the best way possible. And yeah. we ended up going to uh, this interesting basement on the plaza that was underneath, um, what's that Italian restaurant? Brio. Brio. It was Brio. Under, underneath Brio. And this really nice hipster kid, <laughs> a, a Amy said, who looks like the sixth member of the Strokes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like a Waylon Jennings hat. And <laughs> yeah. Somewhere, yes. somewhere between the sixth member of the Strokes and John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> I didn't get that reference earlier when you yeah. mentioned it. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. No, but that's exactly totally. right. But he was so super he young was and so cute nice. and sweet. Yeah. And guess what, guys? Guess where he was going to school? Oh, right. He was going to the Art Institute. Of course, yes. He was. He actually, as, a, as, <laughs> as irony would have it. And, and another cool thing is that uh, apparently Urban Outfitters, which is like the coolest, bl- not Urban Outfitters. Oh, is it, was it Urban Outfitters or was it uh, Anthropology? They're both right there. Yeah. yeah, but I think owned by the, the, same. the space that he was in was a workshop. Yeah, for both little, of those. For both of those spaces where they built, you know, whatever. The window you know, displays. All and, of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and shelving and all that stuff. And they had all kinds of cool oh stuff down there. <laughs> we were like looking around with like these big eyes like, look at the amazingness that's in here. And I cool. may or may not have bought a set of chandeliers that were that used to hang in anthropology for like... I think I bought like eight of them for like two hundred bucks. Oh, it's one hundred fifty bucks. Or was some, yeah, it was ridiculous. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what they I'm were already wired. For. They were all spray painted yes. gold. They were super cool. They're, they'll probably end up in a future venue at some point. So I'm holding on to them until I find yep. the right place for them. But but anyway, we found we found the spool down there, and we we bought it for like I think thirty bucks, probably I mean, yeah. And um, had a, a bungee come take it back to my garage where we transformed it into a really beautiful table. Yeah, we filled it in with wood filler yep. and sanded, sanded it. And, it. And, and then we painted it black. Lacquer. And then we lacquered it. And it's this beautiful, shiny, kind of, you know, and it fits the, the fits the look and feel of our Crossroads location. Yes. I call it the farmhouse chic, you know, yeah. look. It's it's that, you know, really. And it, and the legs are the um the piping, the the lead pipes. What do you call that? Uh, I forget. There's a <laughs> more technical lead term. Lead piping. Lead piping. <laughs> and you just, they just screw on to the bottom and to yeah. the flanges on the bottom. So yeah, and pull, you and know, basically, yeah, just screw the legs in when we need them and then take them apart and roll them back into the closet yes. when we're done. Yeah. And they look really cute in the space. They look and you cute. don't have that floating white table. And yep. uh, yeah, so, you know, that's just an example of one of our silly projects that we did. But it was but I totally yeah, I like we were when back we, in art when school When we first again. started working on that, that we were just like, does this feel like art school? It totally. feels like art school. It feels like art school. And I think we realized at that point that like, 
you know, there's some, there's a magic in, you know, what we do as far as building the business is, you know, what we, you know, provide for the customers and packages, but there's also the building of the space yeah. and, you know, make, you know, s- making solutions to these problems that we were talking about right. with these venues with these big sea of white tables and all that there is a way to get around that right you and don't how have can to. we solve that right and so you know so to kind of bring them back the whole conversation back around you know for all you reception venues out there who maybe you stopped listening by now because you got tired <laughs> of listening to us dog on you but um but if you are still listening i mean i think that a solution might be to be that venue that has the permanent fixtures the permanent tables they are what they are they don't have those stupid linens on them it's beautiful and it is not um it's not convertible anymore right and, and trust and, and trust tr- that and just just put your foot on you know just and when yes. the couple asks you i don't really want that table there can i move it say actually a lot of thought went into the flow of the space you'll want to have it here otherwise it could really make the space awkward to use and you just basically talk your customer through it because i think that the culture is that people are so used to having it that way that they want to ask they want to customize and those things they don't matter so venues out there i want i want to see which one's going to be the first one of you large venues you know who says nope we're going to be this is we're going to create a beautiful experience right and we're going to put our foot down and it's not going to be able to you're not going to be able to change it there are some places You'd like i saw there are a couple distilleries that are out uh and they basically have like kind of a lounge seating and this is it, you know they have several rooms and they're different sizes but they are permanent yeah. and they and that's that is the right way to go yeah it is and you'd be surprised you are not going to lose your customers because they mm-hmm. can't make choices trust me you're going to keep your customers because they're going to be so happy they're like oh the tables are really pretty you know i I don't need to rent linens you know um the space is actually beautiful exactly the way it is i don't need to do anything more to it you've just made that sale because that's one less thing your your couple no longer has to has to rent that space um, and now, you know, create a pop-up something in it. Now they can just show up and at least enjoy the reception um, at that space. So I don't Build know. it and they will come. I mean, truthfully, it's true. Yeah. On yeah. that note. On that note. We're going to let you get back okay. to your lives, We'll people. let you guys get back to your day. Thank <laughs> you for listening to us rant about the wedding venue yes. situation here. Um, but uh, you all have a great rest of your week. And we look forward to seeing you next time on ID Rescue. Bye. Bye.